Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my chip ups, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We're back for episode 21 of the pod. We had a phenomenal episode 20.5 where Danny and I guessed the spreads. Go check that out if you haven't. It should be posted below. Follow us at Ankle Pick Pod. It's a great time. Absolute blast. And we all get drunk. And that's all. Congrats that's all on the win in that episode, by the way, Reese. Oh, thank You're you, spot sir. Spot on. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Danny and I compete. It's an absolute blast, and they're quick, so you can just rip it while taking a shit no big deal we got a full panel here today and it's an unbelievable looking panel too we got a lot of smiles and a lot of energy i'll start off with shady max shiner in the upper left corner shiner what is up ankle pick world how we doing coming to you live tonight from chi town illinois might have to go get me some malort Ooh. we want your sponsorship uh, we also got the usual DK Cap MMA slash not so unemployed Danny Koritz. Danny, how are we? We're doing well. We're doing well. We had, we're filming earlier in the week now because uh, uh, there's only one person who's unemployed, and it's your host over here. Then the familiar face, Country Club, Kobe, uh, Mr. Favorite himself. Kobe, going to change the pace at all or still riding the favorites? Vegas Cobe. You know how I see it. <laughs> And finally, he's been missing. People have been messaging us. Is he dead? Is he on vacation? Did he go to the moon? He didn't. He's here. Parker, how are we? His return, guys. I know y'all missed me. I haven't been on the podcast, but I've still been editing behind the scenes with Kobe. So, yes, uh, he's very much involved, and he's actually probably been spending more time than all of us combined. But we don't like to talk about that. Parker, we're happy to see your smiling mug here again. I'm so happy, we got a full pa- happy to see everybody today. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. So we got a full podcast today, full crew, and we have a new segment. So we're starting off. We were, we're trying to get feedback. So if any of you guys listen to this and you want to let us know which segment you like better, we're always down to listen. But today we're going to try something new. We all went through and we picked stars. So we're going to have multiple stars of the night. These stars are things that we found important during either in the news cycle or also from the event last week. We're going to go through kind of in a snake order and just kind of pick it up. Instead of recapping every fight in order, we decided we could have a fun little twist where we can all have our own opinion and our own pick. So, Shiner, I'll let it, I'll, I'll cue you off since this was your idea. What's your first star of the night? Yeah, my first star of last weekend's card was Davison Figueredo, rightfully so. The man on top of the bill. What a showing by him over Alex Perez. First round submission. Really, really quick pace. Perez actually did look comfortable in the stand-up, but Figueredo's an absolute monster. Once he gets you in any bit of a uh, compromised spot, whether it be via strikes or on the ground, he has an absolute finisher's mentality. Great win. And as we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, tonight's pod, what he's up to next. 21 days notice, he's fighting Brandon Moreno, fired up for Davison. Deuce the so game. we're not going to wait. <laughs> we're not going to wait. We're going to wait, and then – Shana got too excited, and that's why you tune in here, because we're all amped about the sport. Danny, first star. What jumped yeah. out of you? First, I want to recognize the curtain jerker, the Sasha Platnikov-Lewis Kosi fight. 
the previously unbeaten Lewis Kosey. Um, that first round, it looked like he was going to get the finish, and then clearly he ran out of energy throwing with all of his might. In rounds two and three, Palatnikov kind of picked him apart until Lewis Kosey literally had no energy and just kind of laid on the ground face down, turtle position, and got KO'd. Uh, it was sad to see him lose his O like that, but I'm definitely excited to see him. He's still a young prospect with a lot of talent, and I think that he's going to return a lot stronger. Yeah, as I previously mentioned on podcast, loss sometimes actually help these young prospects. Kobe, not so casual Kobe, we should call you. You've now turned it up, and you are now a hardcore. Kobe, what was your star of the night? I still want to wear that casual tag because, you know, I'll never live up to you and the rest of the cappers on the pod. But first star of the night, Buckley, Joaquin Buckley. First of all, it's tough to live up to the legend that he kind of created for himself with his roundhouse knockout back. I don't know. I, I non-casual description of it but uh that back kick that he had knockout against impa and then he comes up big against right the what is it his uh jordan beverly wright. hills ninja that's what jordan they call wright. him yeah jordan wright another solid knockout so that's my first star of the night living up to the hype an impressive star that is. And now, this is what I'm really excited for. Parker, I know you tuned in regardless of what people think. Let's hear it. What was your star of last week? Uh, my star last week was Tim Means. Uh, mm, the dirty bird. The guy who uh, put me over the edge and moved me from last place all the way to fourth. So, uh, thank you, Country Club Kobe. I know Max Shiners have a lot to chirp about this, but uh, just loser talk. And yes, cheers to I Tim Means. It. Cheers yes. to Tim Means, Tim. the underdog lock of the week. We love Tim, you. Thank you. You saved us all. That's, that was a family win. Shiner lost and the rest of the squad won. That's what we're all about. So my first star of the week, and I have a couple, goes to the better looking Dawkus. So <laughs> this week I had a pretty big unit on a pretty heavy favorite in, in Kyle Dawkus. And for those who don't know, his brother is also in the UFC and is a heavyweight and has pepperoni nipples and is significantly worse looking. So the better looking Dawkins got the W, cashed in, looked great, and I'm excited to see more from him going forward. So we're going to continue on. Shiner, you got a second star from last week. Yeah, my second stars actually of last weekend's card are the Shevchenko sisters. Valentina taking care of business with Jennifer Maya via decision and the better looking Antonina Shevchenko with the dub over Ariane Lipsky earlier in the night via uh, knockout TKO. Both girls looked awesome. I mean, Valentina is untouchable as a champion right now. She did lose that second round. Maya did look comfortable, at least a little bit in the standup. But once Valentina got her game plan going, got the, uh, got the fight to the ground, it was all her. It was all domination. Antonina looked really, really good too. She was a performance of the night winner as well. She Again, she is the better looking of the Shevchenko sisters. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, uh, she was 15th rank coming in. Don't really know where she'll go next, but uh, probably climbing up the ranks as well. First time they'd ever fought together on a, at a UFC card. Yeah, and as Valentina hinted, it was an absolute perfect performance out of her sister and deservingly so for performance of the night. I think we all agree. So if you parlayed the two sisters, you were looking good, but probably sweating Valentina for a little bit. Danny, got a second star for us? Yes, I do. Uh, I want to give two stars to someone who I don't think that y'all figured I would mention tonight, Caitlin Chukagian. Uh, she executed the game plan here that I was almost adamant she could against Andrage. Uh, I learned that I clearly underestimated Andrage more than I overestimated Caitlin here. She 
I mean, she was executing to a perfect 10th degree, enter strike, exit pivot, reset, over and over again, ground out that decision pretty easily. Um, two stars for her. Awesome. Love to hear it. Kobe, do you have a second star this evening? Paul Craig getting the KO against Pua in the rematch. Just an awesome fight. He looks big. He looks strong. And uh, obviously the ground game is good, but to get that KO is a notch under his belt. Yeah, the Bear Jew. And what was impressive is Shogun's no slouch on the ground, and Bear Jew really improved his grappling. I think Shogun, someone – I saw a tweet, for those, again, who follow us on Ankle Pick Pod, I retweeted it. Saw a tweet that Alan Joban and Shogun Hua were born on the same day and had the same birthday, both 38 years old. Both on this past week's card, too. And both significantly different-looking human beings. Agreed. And that's why Agreed. I say don't, don't do testosterone replacement. TRT – Shogun does not exist anymore. And one thing of note on Kobe's point, the one bet of the night that as the resident Jew of this podcast I should have taken, got the dub. I did not uh, financially gain from that, but shouts out Judaism. Parker, do you have a second star this evening? Um, I only had two stars. Kobe did take the second star with Paul Craig, but I will switch my second star. Should be like maybe the sixth star for Country Club Kobe. That guy has gotten me out of the doghouse. <laughs> ahead of Max Shiner. I will keep on mentioning this throughout the podcast. So As you should. Get all six of the stars just for you. Thank you. You're a good man. And one of my stars was Tim Means. We had a big family. So I'm going to actually sponsor my star. My third star is sponsored by Tim Means Boxing Clinic. If you didn't watch the fight, he put it on. He absolutely pieced apart uh mike perry on the feet you could totally see a clash of styles which is what mixed martial arts is really all about at the end of the day you had a guy who was using his range striking and using technical boxing versus a guy who's looking to land that power shot phenomenal fight one of my favorites of the night so this star is sponsored by tim means boxing clinic the third star is uh alex perez's fight iq a lot of you might say why why are you giving a star to alex perez's fight iq because i was on him heavy and I was confident, too. And that's the worst part. I think, and I talked to everyone else on the podcast about this, that Perez is going to get a rematch down the line. I think Figgy's going to be a dominant champ. And I think Perez is going to get rematched down the line. I think if he drills in that fight IQ and really works at it, you're going to have a Cejudo dethroning DJ type scenario. So I want that on the record. Perez, your fight IQ, it's the third star because eventually that'll help you out. Right now, it was your downfall. Shiner, you got a third star? Yeah, my third star I introduced him a little bit earlier is Brandon Moreno. What a great victory over Brandon Royval. That was a guy I had. Uh, Royval was part of the parlay of the week, unfortunately. Um, a guy who I like to see over uh, Kai Car France. But yeah, so as I introduced before, uh, 21 days from this past Saturday. So coming up in two weeks, Davison versus Moreno for the flyway title. It's going to be an incredible fight. Fastest turnaround for two fighters uh, going for a title fight in UFC history. I'm pumped. Danny, I mean, you're also a flyweight guy. This is, the flyweight division's good now. Like, the flyweight division's exciting, at least in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I can't remember who was pointing it out in the broadcast on Saturday, someone in the broadcast table. But um, Davison is what the flyweight division was missing, and that's someone who's genuinely scary, someone who does damage with every single throw, someone who's looking for the kill who's hunting in the octagon, not posturing or 
outpointing or looking for a decision. It's someone who's looking for the kill at all times. And that's awesome. That's super exciting for this division and exactly what they need. The one thing I do want to add on that um, quick was I, the one thing I like about the flyweight division in the past was that there was a lot of depth there. And when Dana was cleaning up the division before Henry Cejudo saved it, there were a lot of guys I'd like to see him bring back just a couple off cuff really quickly before we continue to move on. Um, I really want to see them bring back uh, monkey God, Jared Brooks. That guy is so impressive to me. He's now over in cage warriors or Bellator, but he was losing to guys that he obviously fought up in weight and just try to stay at bantamweight and it didn't work out for him. And, you know, I, I really wish he was still here. And then another one that I would like to see that recently left, and I know it's probably a money thing rather than not being welcome back, but Brett Johns. I miss Brett Johns. I think he was a more natural flyweight than bantamweight. And so I, I think one of the reasons that might have played a factor in him leaving to go to Bellator is knowing that he was secure there, where you still don't know really where the flyweight division is going in the UFC. I hope Dana keeps it. The main event showed you they can still get quick finishes. Deverson's all about that, but you never really know. Dan? Yep. Go ahead. So, yeah, speaking of Bellator, I want to give three stars to AJ McKee, who last Thursday got a really quick submission victory over Darian Caldwell, who's no joke uh, in round one with a neck crank. So I'm going to break this one down a little bit because it was something that I had actually never seen before in any kind of professional MMA setting, he had Darian in his guard and he kind of showed guillotine, but then dug for an underhook or a half stock is kind of what it's called when he connects his hands together around that shoulder. Um, and at that point, McKee, or at that point, Caldwell was kind of in a position that he had never been in before because he knew his neck was safe and he didn't really understand the importance of getting his head up and above AJ McKee's torso and AJ McKee kind of just sunk it in, tightened it up and started cranking his shoulder over his head, cranking the neck down into the torso. Oh my gosh, did that look painful? And was that a really cool, really, really cool sub from, from full guard? Yeah, good stuff. And that's why we have Dan on more than anything else. Other than his Beautiful mug. We love his uh, jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Shiner. And one fight to note as well, um, Pitbull Frere needs to get through um, his next opponent in the Grand Prix, but it looks like if he gets that victory, it's going to be uh, Pitbull versus AJ McKee for the Bellator Featherweight uh, Grand, P Grand Prix Championship, which would be a massive fight. Would be an, yeah. like, an incredible fight of the year type fight. Oh, yeah. Your promotion. Yeah, and also, really quickly, I know we were talking about the flyweights. Zuma Gulov, I think he's either ranked or on the fringe of being ranked against Albazi. That one's going to kind of set the lower end to see if this division is really deep and sustainable. So that one's coming up on this next week's card. Don't miss it. It's this Saturday with a great main event. So, Kobe, I believe you're up. If you have any more, you probably are tapped out. Or what are we looking I got at? one more. Let's go. Feed it. Third star of the night to Mark Ratner, the now Hall of Famer. Uh, credit where credit's due, getting this sport MMA sanctioned and regulated in uh, the United States and globally. So like we said, he hit a little segment on 255, Hall of Famer, had his family in, third star to Mark Ratner. Yeah, I love that star. And a very important guy to mention, when I first started watching the sport, New York wouldn't allow it. I know Kansas City was like one of the only places that would, and it was really hard to find it. I know Illinois wouldn't allow it. So the rules have changed. I know France, since yeah, you guys all have been watching recently, the whole country of France. So 
big moves made, and that is a great and well-deserved star. So that's it for the stars of the week. Moving into news and notes of the week, uh, two big fight news. I know Danny is really excited to talk about one of them. I'm going to go to this one first. Uh, coming up here, I believe, as the main event of the December pay-per-view card, uh, Tony Ferguson taking on Alex Oliveira. I'm looking at Danny. Is that correct? Is that December? Yes, that will be this December. Uh, we've got ourselves back-to-back-to-back incredibly stacked fight cards with Big E versus Moreno, Leon versus Hamzat, and Tony versus Charles Oliveira. These All three cards are absolutely stacked, and we should be in for a fun December. Yeah, Charles Oliveira getting a huge test against Tony Ferguson coming off of his win uh, in Brazil earlier this year. Really excited for that one. Danny, there was one other big fight that was just officially signed. Will you talk to me about it? Yeah, definitely. I think that you're referring to uh, the rematch, January 23rd. Conor McGregor versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier. This one's going to be an awesome striking exhibition. Uh, definitely a title eliminator. And speaking of kind of those four guys being matched up, I know I don't love speculating, but it kind of feels like it leaves two odd men out in Hooker and Chandler. It does. I mean, Chandler for sure. Who knows? Like, is he really like a, a serious contender in the lightweight championship picture without a fight? I think they gave him the the alternate role just to kind of, get his name relevant, knowing that both guys were going to eventually fight. But, yeah, I mean, his name – and Dan Hooker, too. I mean, when you lose in a war like you did, like Dan Hooker did against Poirier, it definitely devalues him in terms of taking the L. But he was – that fight was competitive. Like, that's a fight I would – if I had to see that again, I, I could see that again, too. So, really excited for lightweight. Reese, what do you guys yes, do these notes? I have a couple that I actually was pretty excited to see. Um, one that I really want to talk about was the William Knight fight versus uh, Alonzo Manyfield. That one's exciting for me. For those who watch Tuesday Night Contender Series, you are more than familiar with William Knight. He also has made his UFC debut as well so and got a W uh, as a dog, and I actually was betting against him there. So he had a lot to prove, and he proved it. He's a big, big, big guy, just absolutely cut to the gills, and – that fight is going to have more pounds of muscle than any fight I can think of. They're both just lean killers, and I'm really excited to see that one. And the other one that I'm sure, I know it doesn't totally fit the mold of our podcast, but I believe everyone has an invested interest, uh, Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao share a manager, and he said that Pacquiao-McGregor boxing match is guaranteed to happen at some point. His words exactly. So whether you were a fan of the McGregor Mayweather or not a fan, I personally wish it didn't happen. I, I feel like it slowed his MMA career. But that's the thing. Pacquiao McGregor might happen. Before we move on, I want to put out into ether. William Knight, his nickname got to be Dub Knight Shyamalan, right? <laughs> it's Dub Knight Shyamalan. For a guy who's not pulling that one out of his ass. If not, yeah. it's got to be the Dark Knight. I've got one last news and notes. I did notice today, Izzy Adesanya, our favorite spark plug on the podcast, has been getting roles in at Atos Jiu-Jitsu, one of the most prestigious jiu-jitsu gyms in the world, uh, home to Keenan Cornelius, who's probably the best American in a gi alive today, um, home to Andre Galvao, 
who's an unbelievable no-gi specialist. Atos is the team that Gilbert Dorino burns uh, won world championships for. Atos is a phenomenal, phenomenal jiu-jitsu gym, and I'd love to see the work that Izzy gets there. Yeah, you might be preparing for that Pereira. Alex Pereira, maybe he's trying to add a dimension to his game. Speaking of a nasty left hook. That has to be How did he not win a star? Wow. That was, the guy was out for literally five minutes. I know. That that guy has got some absolutely freakish power. Izzy will never fight him ever again. No, he will. That's why he's working on the jujitsu. It's all part of the The guy's in LFA. Like, he's got... He's got a lot of fights before he sees Izzy, but yeah, not as much. If I'm Izzy, I don't take that fight. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, I also don't take that fight, but who the hell knows? So now we got Shiner's favorite part of the week, pronunciation of the week. I hope we have, I hope Parker's ready for this one. Shiner, go ahead. Yeah, it's great that we got Parker back after like seven weeks of not picking and letting Kobe's picks go. But in the flyweight division this weekend, Malcolm Gordon, the 12 and four, will be taking on this fighter, Parker. Uh, Sue Mudari. Mudari. Sue Mudari is Parker's guest. I'm going to go with Sue Muderji because there is a J in there. There's a J in there. I just didn't know how to throw that in there. So I just, I try my best at it. Danny, are you aware of how it's actually pronounced? It's Muderji. I think Shiner's right I on. thought it was Muderji, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a terrible, not a terrible stab at it, though, Parker. I knew there was a J. I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to pronounce this. So I'm just going to like fucking erase it. Leave it silent. I don't blame you. So after 13 weeks of us waiting around for uh, Kobe to finally pay his Malort bet, Shiner, what was the fight, too, that he lost it on? I think we had it. That's no, how yeah, it was. Double Malort. Mizuki Inoue versus Amanda, Amanda Lemos. Lemos. <laughs> and Kobe so did do double Malort. He bet you and me, Reese. Yes, he did. So, with that being said, he should have to do six, but we're not trying to black him out on the grossest liquid on earth. So, he's got a big work day tomorrow. He's, yeah, of course. Work day of pounding food and watching football. So, he is going to start off with the Malort shot to kick off the show, get good vibes going. He's going to do another one right before the main event challenge, as always. And I'll do another to close off the show. Hopefully, video footage will be posted over on our Twitter at AnklePickPod. Follow us there for a good time. Kobe, make it cheers if you'd like, but regardless, down the hatch. Hey, for the content, for the potential future sponsorship, <laughs> Zuki, I had faith. I had faith in you. I had faith in the odds makers in Vegas. And uh, here we are all disappointed. <laughs> cheers. First shot of Malort of his life. <laughs> Do we know for sure that he didn't just put fucking apple juice in there and just said that it was Malort? Danny, Danny is what I, I, trust I Danny. personally delivered the Malort. Um, unless Kobe switched the liquid overnight and found an extremely good color substitute. It's not. It's taste. Ugh. And by the way, Kobe. <laughs> by the way, Kobe, that Stella is not going to help you wash it back. It stay. It lingers. It's such it a linger. It lingers. You're. You, and it just gets progressively worse. It's just like a bitters. In a perfect, perfect shout out uh, at the Ankle Pick Pod, we did reach out to Jepson's Malort for a potential sponsorship. If any of our listeners have any ins at Malort, hit <laughs> us in the DMs. We are looking for the sponsorship. Okay. Uh, so now that business is settled, Kobe's off screen, and we continue to plead with Malort for sponsorship, we're finally going to kick it off over to this card coming up this week on Saturday. 
November 28th, the main event, which is Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. So it should be a fun one. Starting off with the prelims. These prelims are only on ESPN Plus, but I'm sure if you're listening to this, you are long down that rabbit hole. Starting off with a catchweight bout versus probably the worst fight IQ in the UFC, Luke Sanders, versus Nathan Maness. Dan, you have Nathan Maness as a potential live dog. I, I like Luke Sanders here because in every fight he's been in, the only thing that's brought him back is fight IQ. Decent layoff. You think he could fix it? Or, or, or what do we think about this one? Because I might ride this. So the way that I taped it is obviously Nate has really good grappling and pretty good top control um, once he gets it down there. But Sanders himself is also a good wrestler. I kind of see this staying on his feet a la Colby, Kamaru, both of them kind of respecting each other's game. If it's on the feet, Maness is a counterpuncher, and Sanders is kind of going to want to push him and lead the dance, lead the volume. But he's not a very technical, technically sound striker. I think that the advantage goes to Maness here. And I think that just in terms of, like you said, fight IQ and then just counting other red flags, like leaving his chin up in the air and throwing yeah, yeah. singular strikes and not combos – I think Manis is a live dog here, and I, I favor him. I think he's going to get a TKO. Well, Luke Sanders does have great wrestling. The thing that's interesting is he has a couple of really bad losses in the UFC, and all of which he was winning at one point in the fight. And, I mean, Ariel Contra, that's not a terrible loss, got knee barred. Andre Sukumtot, that is a bad loss, KO'd. But he was winning all those fights before his IQ got the better of him. So that's, that, that one's one to look out for, but the line's really close, currently sitting at, like, minus 140 Luke Sanders. Then continuing on the card, we got a flyweight bout. This was the pronunciation of the week. We got Sue. We did it. What? Mudergy. Mudergy versus Malcolm Mood. Gordon. Mood-er-gy. This one, being a flyweight, I, I don't I, – I definitely won't be riding this one. Um, but, Dan, you, you did mention you have notes. The Lions currently sitting at Mudergy minus 320 over Malcolm Gordon. Yeah, uh, Malcolm Gordon came in to the UFC as a highly touted prospect, but especially a highly touted grappling prospect, mm-hmm. only for him to get dropped in round one by a triangle choke that looked like he had a white belt defense there. <laughs> it's really been a red flag. It's drawn me to question his grappling ability at all. And I think Vegas is seeing that too. This is your classic striker versus grappler, but I think that the striker is going to be able to outpoint him here. And, uh, take this decision i don't really think that there's value in gordon here i'd be really i'm really looking forward to him hopefully bouncing back and having a good grappling performance but based on what i saw against amir abazi i don't think that's what's going to happen the one thing that i really want to note is muderji lost his ufc debut to luis smolka by armbar luis smolka by armbar and that for those who don't know, Luis Smoke has been in and out of the UFC for a long time. He's a flyweight who's like a rubber band on the floor. But, man, that's, that's tough. I, I, that did not – I mean, he lost to Tim Elliott, who Danny hates. He lost to – I mean, Brandon Moreno is good. But, yeah, he, he's, he's dropped a couple big losses. But that arm bar there, it makes you wonder if Malcolm Gordon's value with his submission – potential submission prod, uh, prowess. But – who really knows based on what you were talking about, which I agree with nonetheless. Moving on, we got a featherweight bout against Jonathan Pierce versus Kai Kamaka. This is one that I 
fully expect Kai Kamaka to just dominate and the line suggested as well. Kai Kamaka is currently sitting at minus 300. Yeah. Um, Kai Kamaka looked really, really great in his last fight, a victory over Tony Kelly. And in Pierce's last fight, he got absolutely rolled by Joe Lozon, who's no slouch. But what happened was they were in a 50-50 yeah. position. And then all of a sudden, it was a TKO from ground and pound. Essentially, Joe Lozon transitioned. Pierce never did. And Pierce got absolutely demolished. Yeah, and that was actually Lozon's retirement fight, I believe. I think he was like, I'm going to go off from the sunset. He wants more, but I think the promotion was kind of edging him out. But that, nonetheless, that didn't age totally well just because it was Joe Lozon on the wrong side of, I mean, 35 at this point. Continuing on the card, and so far, I'm actually pretty excited for this random prelims fights. All three of those should really make odds be great fights. And then you got uh, a nice little eye candy with Rachel Ost- Ostevich versus Gina Mazana Mazani. Gina's not a a a, uh, a good looking girl, but but Rachel Ostevich is. <laughs> oh, Gina! No offense if you're watching this, but you are a fighter for a reason. So that line right now is Rachel Ostevich plus one fifteen. Gina Mazzani, minus 135. The way I see this, and I know that you're going to take my woman's MMA analysis with a grain of salt, but Mazzani should out-wrestle here. I agree. Out-wrestle Rachel here. Gina's coming down in weight to flyweight um, for her first fight. She should have the size advantage, the strength advantage, and in her uh, fights that she lost at bantamweight, it's been a lot of strength mismatches for Gina. And I don't think that Rachel's going to have any kind of strength advantage here. And she's been shown to have gaps in her wrestling. Not to mention she's been on on the shelf for forever. I think I'm going to make my short awaited return to women's MMA betting here. And I'm probably going to play Mazzani at minus 155. Yeah. And to be be honest with you, Dan, the the one – glaring note that I did have on this was exactly what you mentioned was that Mazzani struggled with sides disadvantage and that she should out grapple Ostevich here. I, I, that's exactly what I have in my notes as well. So you might see a double play this weekend on this prelim fight, even though Danny swore off women's MMA, you might make it back in. We're almost done with the prelims here. We got Martin Day versus Anderson Dos Santos. This one is currently sitting at a clip of Martin Day minus 155 and Anderson Dos Santos plus 135. So correct me if I'm wrong. These guys both have super long layoffs, right? They So Anderson Dos Santos last fought in 2019, June, and that was a loss to Andre Ewell, which is not a bad loss by any means. And that was a fun fight, I remember. That was a, that was a really fun fight. And then before that was 2018, November, Nod – Narmani also in the UFC. So he's 0-2 in the UFC. That it's is worth a note that he hasn't won a single fight since November 2018. Yeah, November 3rd, 2018 was his last win. And then Martin Day, his last fight was actually against Darby Grant, and that was actually July 2020. So okay. before that, he lost that via KO. Before that was 2018 against Ping Ping Ying Lu. And that was a split decision loss. So he also was 0-2 in the UFC. And you have to imagine that the loser of this one's probably getting the pink slip. Right. With them both being on the shelf for so long and then day only to come back to get knocked out 
Um, it, it makes it leads me to question his chin. But um, I do think that Day probably has the power and technical striking advantage on the feet. Dos Santos is going to bring the volume, try to lead the dance, try and stay in the center of the octagon and bring the pressure. He's also a BJJ black belt, and I hope that he looks to take this fight to the mat. Um, this one's a no bet for me with the line as steep as it is. But I, I do think that Day – I lean Day here. The other thing too, Dan, that I want to mention about the chin question is – he got KO punched by Davy Grant, who's a submission legend. He, he's got eight wins by submission, only two by KO, one of which being this of Martin Day. So, loser. Not a guy loser, who I think is – Yeah. Who I was worried about getting a knockout going into that fight at all. Loser gets the pink slip for sure, but I, I could not agree with you more about, about the no bet here. It's just too risky to put any sort of financial backing on either of these guys. And then the last – fight of the prelims one that I actually think is underrated and I'm sure even though Danny broke out with the Ostevich side I, I doubt he bets this one we got Ashley Evan Smith versus Norma Dumont and this one is currently sitting at a clip of Ashley Evan Smith minus 140 Dumont plus 120 but it actually one thing that I do want to make a note of Ashley Evan Smith opened at a dog of plus 145 and it has since dropped to her being minus 140 so a huge swing of the pendulum there as far as the odds go on this one and to be honest with you I agree with the movement I would have been all over Ashley Evan Smith as a, as a dog if I was betting it when the line opened I've sat a little too long I don't know if I'm gonna be taking it minus 140 but I do like her here not only with her veteran experience uh not only in the UFC but just in the sport in general but also her ability to grapple so I almost see the other side of this and, and like really? Like you said, Reese, this is not going to be one I play at all. Uh, there was very, very, very little tape out there at all about Dumont. And yeah, but from from the tape I did see, she she has great jujitsu. Um, Ashley Evan Smith hasn't won in legitimately like three years. I think it's it's April back in 2018 is the last professional win she's had of her career. That is true. Against Beck Rawlings, no less, who's been long out of the UFC. Also, go follow her at at OnlyFans. So, although she appears to have the experience edge, I don't really put a lot of weight in that. I I don't – she has not looked good at all. Um, I could really see Dumont by sub here, and that's a prop I'm going to fiddle with. So, the one one thing I do want to mention to you, I'm going to say a couple names here. Um, Raquel Pennington, that was a loss. It was back in 2014. A win over Marion Renault, great fighter. Um, a loss to Catlin Vieira, a win over Beck Rawlings, a loss to Andre Lee. Think about that type of, of competition here. I mean, you, go I over, you go over to Dumont and you have one UFC bout, one loss, and it was a first round KO loss to Megan Anderson. So I agree with you, but if you look a little closer at those names you mentioned, most of those are flyweights. This is Ashley Evan Smith's first fight up at Bantamweight in her career, and Dumont's actually moving down from featherweight. True. So size obviously should play a factor here, but when you and I don't want to get too stuck on this fight, especially because neither of us are going to have plays. But but it, it is one that I do want to mention that one thing that I look for a lot when I'm watching people who are either making their UFC debut. Or only have one fight in the UFC is what type of competition were they playing? Were they playing in the on the amateur rings? And all the women that uh, Dumont fought has like a combined record of like 
five, uh, just over 500. Yep. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how much stock you want to throw into that, but again, no bet for both of us. Line's very close, but it did heavily sway towards Ashley Evans-Smith. I don't lay it at minus 140, but if it drifts down to the even, I might. So we're up to main event challenge right now. All five of us are ready and present. I believe present. The, and I also believe that the standings are changed. And this is the first week where Dirty Max Shiner is in dead last place. Dirty. <laughs> Gone from shady to dirty real quick. Dirty. Reese is dead on one sixty four. 164 Cobe, 141 Dan, 136 Reese, 133 Park, 132 Max. <laughs> Everything is Dan, right in the world. Bottoms up. Cheers to y'all. And to Mizuki. Dude, it sits. It sits heavy too. <laughs> Not so bad on the on the way down, and it's just it's no. Right out the gate, even the Insta taste isn't bad. It's how long it lingers and how it tastes. Tell me the exact taste is not bug spray of what you'd imagine bug spray. I've never spray tasted like. bug spray. No, none of us have, but you kind of know. I've never tasted poop either, but I can imagine what it tastes like. Okay, so. All right, I got Spike Carlisle by KO. Oh, you're jumping out? I didn't even pick the order. Wow, he's just humming in hot. So go Country Club Kobe, Spike Carlisle, TKO, KO. And then we're going to move over to Parker. Parker, are you differing or are you still staying on the Kobe train? Why would I get off that train when it's he's, not at he's, So Parker is also on Spike Carlisle by KOTKL. I'll take Andy. this one next then. So first okay. off, I want to introduce something to the, to the ankle pickers as well. Um, Parker, as someone who is 1-0 in Malorpets, I would like to offer you a Malorpet of your own. You're the only person who has not been involved in any Malort bets yet. Not true. Let's not really true. see. Let's not really true. see your False. picks. False. Put in. Fake news. What do you mean? Fake news. Amanda Lemos. I've done a, Amanda Lemos. Oh, you were a part of that. Okay. So, my bad on that. But I am offering you on air currently a Malort bet for our points totals for the rest of the way. I will give you this card. You did not prepare. But starting next card, the last three, I'm you good. ain't I'm picking all this. Kobe's. Don't worry. I'm going to cut this. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'm in last place right now. I am taking Spike Carlisle by KO as well. I'm going to loop this into the parlay of the week as well. I'm deciding right now between inside the distance versus money line in terms of what I want to place with Carlisle so, here. Um, so just for the record, just to have it on air, Spike Carlisle is currently sitting at minus 185, just straight money line. Carlisle and inside by the distance, we got like plus 115 right about KOT, right now. No, well, KOTKO is plus 135. So inside the distance is plus 115. Yeah, I mean, Spike Carlisle coming off of a great fight against Billy Q uh, earlier this year. He's an absolute madman. Um, he will, like, do some crazy shit. He'll yell in, uh, he'll yell in the other opponent's faces. Uh, I like Carlisle here as well. Okay. Dan, I'll close out the gate today. What do you, who do you like in this one and, and by what method? The way I see it, Carlisle has dynamite in his right hand, but that's about it. He's got a bad, bad fight IQ. He kind of just throws to throw. He has cardio problems, as we've seen. is going to be longer. I actually think he's got the technical striking advantage. He's also a BJJ black belt. Um, if you look, he made his UFC debut against Ricardo Lamas on two days' notice. Yeah. He showed to be one of the toughest motherfuckers I've ever seen make his debut. I do think that Spike is going to be the better athlete and the stronger guy and in theory could ride him out if he really wanted to, but that's not Spike's MO. 
Spike, Spike isn't about to do that. I'm on Bill Algio by sub. Are you on that great. with uh, Malort on the line or no? I, I don't think so. I didn't say that. Okay. Okay. And then I, and this is for all the listeners here. That's so awesome. I'm also on Car, uh, not Carla. I'm also on Algeo with Danny. So the analysts are riding Algeo. I'm going to have him by decision though. I'm going to have Bill Algeo by decision. So Danny and I taking the dogs, showing our stones. Everyone else riding the favorite, but first fight, many more left. Max, I pick dogs, Shiner, all over the favorite, jumping on the more <laughs> bet on the favorite anytime he can. Yep. Yup. Call him out. And that just sounds like don't a cut that part. lost the Malort bet. That's all I hear don't, there. Don't cut that part, Parker. Calling out Shiner for only picking favorites on the Malort bet when we wrote Amanda Lemos as the dog. We literally have two people on this podcast. We have one person on this podcast who only picks favorites. We have another person who doesn't have the brain power to pick his own picks. So if he takes the favorites as well, it's fine. I'll be gladly we're, we're taking the, the favorite here and betting it. Losing to that less brain power podcast. Guy, right? I'll make sure that you don't say a fucking word on this podcast. Dan, I almost want to take the Algeo just to shut him off. <laughs> Honestly. While you're out, man. Dan, wanted, wanted, would you do uh, Dan and me? I don't me want y'all to get muscled into this. Like, let's, no, let's Dan, and, Dan, and me, Dan and me combined versus, versus Shiner. So, Shiner, if you lose, you take three. Me and Dan each take one and a half next pot or two. I'm cool with that. Next five. I love me some Bill Algio. Since you got the favorite. So I'll be on Bill Algio, Danny on Bill Algio. We each risk two shots, and then you risk four on Spike Carlisle. Bang. No, I'm risking, I'm risking three. I'm risking three, okay. and y'all can each do two because there's less, there's less on the line for you guys. We're taking you know the what? dog. Fine. fine. I'm you're taking the dog. That's fine. You're taking that's one fine. last shot. That's, that's, that's fine. That's... Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. Moving Kobe along. And Parker over there. The Enjoy same your favorite. All right, yeah, moving along. Tough. Sorry, we're yeah, we're we're getting intense. Danny, Everyone what seems, method do you have on that? Sub. Everyone seems to want to gang up and hate Shiner, which seems to be the, his life. Um, so moving on the main card, we got a welterweight bout: Miguel Baeza versus Takayashi Sato, and that's currently sitting at a line of minus one fifty. Baeza Sato plus one thirty. Kicking it off, we're going uh, Kobe again. Go ahead. Baeza KO. Shocker, shocker. Parker's following suit. Baeza by KO. Shiner, who you liking? I don't want to, but I am too. I wrote it down already before I knew. No, that's fine. Baeza KO for uh, Shiner as well. Dan, where are you on this one? Uh, So, yeah, in my opinion, Sato's game plan is he's going in there to knock you out or he's going to lose. Baeza is actually a pretty damn good striker, and he's coming off of an unbelievably great KO victory that left hook over Matt Brown. Um, Baeza is a lot more well-rounded. I think that he's going to take this everywhere. It's going to be on the mat. It's going to be on the feet. He's going to be fine everywhere. Should follow the game plan that Bilal Muhammad kind of set the mold for against Sato, but I, I actually think that Baeza hits harder than, so- or than Bilal. So I'm going to go Baeza by decision here, though. I don't think Faeza gets Sato out of there. I like that. So I actually am going to take this chance to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody. Write me down for Sato by KOTKO. Sitting on an island, Gilligan's Island, three points for me in this race that we call life. Moving forward, we got 
So that's everyone's picks. Next fight on the main card is Josh Parisian at heavyweight versus Parker. I have a ginormous belly Porter. The line on that one is Parisian minus 200 Porter minus or plus 170. Kobe, I know you're on Parisian, but by how? KOTKO. Okay. Uh, book it for Parker as well. KOTKO. Shiner? Finally can make up some points. Parker Porter by KO. Wow. Okay. Plus 170 dog for Shiner. And then it's Jelly rolls. Points. Parker Porter. I like it. Danny, where are you on this one? So this one was a tough one for me. Um, these guys know each other super well. I was listening to an interview with Parker Porter, and he mentioned how they both tried out for the same tough season and made it oh, to the cool. final round of fights and were kind of game planning together. And Parisian won his last one. Parker lost, and so Parisian went on to um, Parisian went on to the season and then to contender series. And Porter kind of had to fight his way back up there. A weird tidbit about this one is if you look deep into Parker Porter's record, in his second ever pro fight, he fought a 21-year-old John Jones. Neither third, of them. Third, third fight, but yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. He's just coming that off is crazy. Of, a, of a Chris Dawkins loss in his debut. The um, uglier Dawkins. I think I'm just going gonna, gonna to ride with Vegas here. I'm going to go Parisian. And I'll go by decision. Um, decision? That, that's not Vegas decision. This one's supposed to go under one and a half minus 145. Well, I'm going to go by decision. Because I like that. Guys are going to respect each other too much. Okay. I like that idea. I'm going to, I'm also going to go Parisian. I think Parker Porter is very, very fringe in the UFC. I think Parisian actually might have an okay UFC career, especially at the light or at the heavyweight division, which is uh, pretty thin. So I'm going to go Parisian. I'm going to do it by KOTKO finish. Porter. Especially because, especially because Porter also has kind of a, he's actually decent on the, on the mat. So I expect this one to not hit hit it in Parisian just to win by. See, if we if we had an intern, we could go into the analytics on me on an island where I have to be like zero and seventy right now. We could, so, but we don't have what? an intern because we're gonna stay we have with it. Listeners. We're gonna stay with it. We're gonna pick up some points here, Parker Porter. Okay, light heavyweight, co-main one we're all excited for: Anthony Lionheart Smith versus Devin Brown Bear Clark. This one sits at a line of Anthony Smith at minus one thirty-five, which all of Two years ago, when he was contending for a title, no one would have guessed that would be the line for this one. And then Devin Clark, plus 115. Not a lot of line movement here. Opened at Anthony Smith, minus 145, it looked like, and it's just slowly trickled down. So we'll kick it off with Kobe. This one, Kobe, I know you go Vegas, but there's a potential underdog here. What are you uh, thinking? That You're exactly right. I feel like – so let's just get things – first things first. I'm going to take Lionheart Smith. Okay. I feel like I'm taking a dog, though. I've, I've seen Lionheart Smith fight in the last, what, three, four fights that he's had, and he just doesn't feel like he's there. But I think that that's finally going to hit hit home for him. Devin Clark hasn't had any finishes recently. I'm going to take Lionheart myself. Okay. I Hey, I don't hate that at all. Sub's a great method as well. Uh, Parker is tailing that per usual. We're moving on up. Shiner, where are you and by what method? Yeah, so one, one interesting note to just go off Kobe's point there. Um, Anthony Smith had a ridiculously violent and scary home invasion that he was a part of. 
Uh, some guy broke into his house off of what they believe to be a lot of methamphetamines. And Anthony Smith came out and said that that was legitimately the hardest fight of his life. He was had a rear naked choke on this guy for like five minutes straight, and the guy wouldn't go out, was beating the crap out of him, wouldn't go out, was yelling crazy shit. And so I think that really impacted Anthony Smith. Uh, some interviews from this week are maybe speculating that he has some PTSD coming from uh, that home invasion as well. But in all in all, just he's, he's a great guy. He's a great interview. And I think he's going to get back on the winning train as well. Um, I'm going to go Smith by decision here. I don't know if the killer instinct coming off of the home invasion is there, is back there yet. He did look really, really good in the first round of his last fight before he got just absolutely annihilated. But I think he takes a little bit more um, of a conservative approach and he gets it done by decision. Okay. Um, so we got – you have – so, Shiner, you have Lionheart by decision and then Kobe and Parker have – And they have sub, yeah. Yep. Uh, Danny, where are you on this one? This looks like a great opportunity for the Sharps to make some points. Uh, as Reese mentioned, Smith was a former title challenger whose stock has been absolutely in free fall since he beat Gustafson in, uh, I think, June 2019. Um, he's looked so bad and has kind of had one foot mentally out the door. The way I look at him is he, he's pretty good. He's pretty well-rounded, pretty good everywhere, but he's not exceptional anywhere. Clark, the Jackson Wink product, who trains with John Jones. Obviously, Mike Winklejohn is setting his game plan and someone who has been preparing for Anthony Smith for, I guess, in two years total, if you include that John Jones fight, should have a pretty good idea of when Anthony Smith's coming in here to do. Um, not to mention that Clark, 90 seconds into that Menafield fight, fractured his orbital and had to fight the rest of that fight with a broken face. Uh his two biggest glaring losses, I mean, they're Rakich and Jan Blachowicz, which have looked great as of late. Um, I think that he has the skill set to take Smith down at will with his college wrestling background. And, I mean, Alexander Rakich outgrappled at Lionheart like two months ago. Clark's getting this done. Clark's getting it done by decision. And I don't see him seeing him being able to put Lionheart out, but I'm on Clark here. I am. I actually thought I was going to be on an island for a second. I'm not again. I'm following suit. I'm taking Devin Brown Bear Clark by decision as well. I've been on this guy in a lot of his last fights. I think he's extremely underrated. I think he's somebody who's on the fringe of being ranked, and a lot of people sleep on him. I remember he was a dog against Dario Sarkic or Dario Stozic. Do you want to talk about that big? What the fuck's his name? Darko Stozic. But he's been a dog a couple times out, and I've rode him then, and he's used his grappling. He's used his, He's got amazing cardio for light heavyweight or middleweight. He's got phenomenal wrestling foundation, which is my favorite foundation. Darko Stozic. He was a dog against Darko Stozic. I was on him there. He uh, just annihilated Daquan Townsend and Alonzo Manyfield, and I don't see this one being any different. I'm on uh, Brown Bear Clark by decision. So – now we're going into the main event and don't for all those who think that we have forgotten about the ankle lock. We haven't, it is in this main event, Danny and myself, we didn't want to take the cop out of doing Curtis blades minus three seventy, but there is literally zero chance. Curtis blades loses here. I will continue to stand by that. He is just far superior everywhere. And unless Derek Lewis had uses his strikers chance to land a lucky blow, I don't see him getting having any chance of winning this. 
And so Danny and I were talking. We think that Curtis Blades inside the distance is a great bet. Um, the line isn't much. It's like minus one. I have it up. Blades wins inside the distance is minus 155. So it was even a little bit early, uh, lower earlier. So as, as you're listening to this, it might continue to steam in the wrong direction. But Curtis Blades, I mean, Lewis doesn't go to decision. Five-round main event fight. And I think Curtis Blades is looking to end it early. The other thing, too, that I want to add about this is you, if you watch some fights where Derek Lewis is in some trouble or losing cardio or is in a five-round main event, there's times where he rolls over and kind of just calls it because he doesn't want to fight the full 25 minutes and there's really no point for him because he's more of a, a commodity at this point where he's funny and he, he's always going to get those uh, knockouts in the draw. So people like to see him fight regardless. I know against the Dos Anjos, yeah, the Dos Anjos fight, he totally rolled over. I was at that live and he gave up. And so I think Blades is going to have no problem finishing this. So Danny and I are going to be on that for our ankle lock of the week and both will definitely be playing that as well. So it's good to see that. And Shiner, I think you said you were also adding that one to your parlay. Is that true? Yeah, so inside the distance to see what Spike Carlisle does with weight as well. Um, he is more of a natural 155er, but he's fighting out of 145 where he's kind of split his time. So uh, be on the lookout at Ankle Pick Pod on Twitter for the official parlay of the week, but it will include Blades inside the distance and Spike Carlisle in some capacity. There you go. So we'll finish it off. I'm sure we're all going to be on something in a similar style here because there's really no variance here, but we'll start it off anyways to close out the night and then the ceremonial Malort shot to end it. So, Kobe, where are you? Yeah, Blades. Blades, I'm going to take by KO. Like okay. Said, I'm just not going to veer from the ankle lock. No path to victory. I'm not touching Derek Lewis right now. Yeah, no, no, no. Parker and I'm right with that. them here, too, yeah. on this one. I know Park is also on that. But um, Derek Lewis has not been submitted in a long-ass time, and I don't see this happening any uh, this weekend. But, it, I mean, it's going to be KO or a club and sub. Um, I just don't think that Lewis uh, will want to get tapped. Danny? Blades KO. Uh, Yeah. Blades is absolutely the 1B to the heavyweight title contenders. Obviously, 1A being Francis, who Curtis Blades has lost to twice. But his game plan is too straightforward. It's almost like Khabib. Everyone knows what he's going to do, and he does it anyways. Going to shoot for takedowns. He's going to get that top control. He's going to ground and pound you. Lewis definitely won't be able to stop his takedowns. He is a weird athlete when it comes to getting off his back. He can just kind of like explode up, which is something that's rare. But if you look at that DC fight, I think that this one's going to go pretty much the exact same as that. Um, Lots of scrambles, but ultimately Curtis Blades is going to be in a dominant position the whole time. And I guess with the panel leaning one way, I had TKO written down via ground and pound, but I'll try and pick up an extra point. I'll go blades by sub. Yeah, Dan, you're in a very similar philosophy to me with the whole picking up a point there. I, I strongly urge people who might be betting this and want better odds. I wouldn't try to pick KO, TK or sub. I, it could really go either way here. I'm going to do KO, TKO just on the basis that uh, Curtis has never gotten a sub victory in his, in his career. So I think I could see him winning by vicious elbows. I could see him winning a lot of different ways. And I think it's probably a tad more likely than the sub, but the club and sub is very live. So Danny, I don't mind it there, but I'm going to go KO TKO. So family pick 
to end it off with everyone having Curtis Blades by some sort of finish. Kobe, do you mind uh, recapping just the uh, main event challenge points? I just have one uh, analytical point to make before we go. An analytical point. You're down by one. 164, Kobe. 141, DK. 136, Reese. 133, Park. 132, Max. So there's an absolute log jam at the bottom right now. Reese, although he is uh, comfortably up three points on Parker and four on me, Reese and Parker and I are in differential in terms of fight picks for four of the five main event picks. So there could be a big switch up coming in the next week as well. Reese was fading me for the first four fights, and uh, we're both on blades together at the end. So yeah, we'll no, see what I happens will, going next week. I have a lot of dogs this card, so we'll see what happens. Always a risky spot to be, but I'm pretty confident I won't end in dead last. So, All right, let's call it with a shot here at Malort, yep. future sponsor. Really quickly, before we close it out and Kobe takes his shot, we hope everyone and all our listeners have a phenomenal Thanksgiving. If you are an abroad listener, we do have a couple. We hope you guys are all doing well and staying safe during these crazy times. We really do appreciate all the support we get and all the different various Twitter followers that we've been connecting with. It's an absolute blast. We love doing this and we hope to continue doing it for a long time. So we really want to just give you guys a shout out this week. Like, subscribe, hit us up, DM, tweet us. We want to connect with you guys. Yeah. So anyways, we just really want to take this chance to give all the ankle pickers a happy Thanksgiving and just hope all of you guys are staying safe. We appreciate it. And now close us off, Kobe. Suzuki. Till next time. I let that one sit. Took it down like a champ. All right, to the music. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.